Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Well, today our passage comes from the Old Testament uh, lection in the lectionary series, a, a passage from the book of, of Jeremiah. Now, anytime we, we jump in from, uh, from somewhere else into the Old Testament, I, I think it's, it's healthy to kind of get a reminder. What's going on? Where, what are we jumping into? What's the, what's the context around which um, this passage comes from? Um, I, haven't, I haven't often preached uh, from the book of Jeremiah uh, I'll, I'll confess to you uh, feeling a, a little bit like I needed that reminder uh, this week and needed that refresher. Um, and yet, as we go through the Old Testament readings in this season of time, we talked a little bit about this season of time that goes from um, Pentecost Sunday, which is right at the end of the seven Sundays of Easter, all the way through to Christ the King Sunday, which is the last Sunday of the church calendar year, and then it transitions into Advent, um, that, that period of time being called ordinary time. Um, in, in that series of, of Old Testament readings, there are uh, nine passages, nine passages in ordinary time that come from um, the book of, of Jeremiah. So it's kind of featured in, in this year, year C, in the Old Testament readings. Who was Jeremiah? Jeremiah was, was a prophet to the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom, there was the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. Jerusalem is, was, was housed in the kingdom of Judah, in this southern kingdom. And, and it was not an easy time. Jeremiah was a prophet in a time that was not an easy time. Kind of the final days of nationhood for the southern kingdom of Judah before an enemy would descend from the north and take over and, and, and ransack Jerusalem. Um, and so Jeremiah's words were not, were not easy words. The, his messages were ones of warning, ones of, of, of destruction, looming destruction. Um, and, and early on in, in, in the book, it records God speaking to Jeremiah saying, the words that you will speak, the words that you will deliver to the nation of, of Israel will, will uproot and they will tear down. Kind of ominous. But he also says they will plant and they will build up. There's this, this dueling tension in the book of Jeremiah where where the nation of Israel has has a message to receive that tough times are coming. That tough times are coming. But there is also hope in the future for what will be. 
and for what will come. Um, we learned together. We learned in chapter 36 that that a guy by the name of Baruch was was kind of asked to put together kind of these collections of of Jeremiah's writings and his prophecies and the things that he spoke to Israel. Um, but it, it, it's like it seems likely that Baruch did that, and but he also kind of brought in some narrative, some stories about who Jeremiah was and and the things that he did. So if you were to sit down and, and read through Jeremiah, it kind of reads like this anthology of of different pieces that were kind of put together and stitched together to describe both the ministry but also the life of Jeremiah as he proclaims and prophesies to the nation of Israel not only God's justice but also God's grace and the hope that can be found there. Our passage today coming from chapter 8, Jeremiah chapter 8, so you can start turning there if you have your Bibles or have your devices. The Chapter 8 um, and, and all the way through the first verse of chapter 9 come squarely in the middle of the first section of the book where Jeremiah is, is just kind of saying, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in trouble. Babylon's coming and, and destruction is on its way. Um. Jeremiah is warning Israel, we are off course. We have walked astray. We're headed in the wrong direction. Um, and so today, the words, uh, the words that we have, uh, the words for Jeremiah to Israel and the words for God, from God to us this morning um, are, not, are not easy words to hear. Um, so we're going to read from Jeremiah, starting in chapter 8, verses 18, all the way through chapter 9, verse 1. For those who are willing and able out of reverence for the reading of God's word, I just ask that you would stand as we read this together. A reading from the book of Jeremiah, starting in chapter 8, verse 18. No healing, <laughs> only grief. My heart is broken. Listen to the weeping of my people all across the land. Isn't the Lord in Zion? Is her king no longer there? Why then did they anger me with their images, with pointless foreign gods? The harvest has passed. The summer has ended. Yet we aren't saved. Because my people are crushed, I am crushed. Darkness and despair overwhelm me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then have my people not been restored to health? In chapter 9, verse 1, If only my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears, I would weep day and night for the wounds of my people. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God, we say. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I want to ask you a question, and it's just a question to think about. You don't need to answer out loud. Um, sometimes I ask for out loud answers. This isn't, this isn't one of them. But here's the question. Where do you go when life falls apart? Where do you go when life falls apart? Do you have a place that you like to go? I know of people who, who need to get out to nature. They want to go for a walk. They want to appreciate the creation God has given us. I know people who like to start power cleaning the house. I know people who just go to bed. 
I know people who have to go and exercise. I know people who have these rhythms and there's these routines. When, when life is just overwhelming, it's nice to have a place to go. It's nice to have a routine to have. Maybe it's a quart of ice cream. I don't know. The passage we have from today, for, for today, from Jeremiah is noticeably a little, it's a little tricky. It's a little difficult. The message is tough, but it's also a, a tough passage to really interpret and to understand um, what's going on and how to, how to handle it. The first, the first question that, that we seem to have to, to deal with is who is talking in this passage? Whose voice do we hear this passage come from? Is it Jeremiah's voice? Or is, it, or is it God's voice? It's not really abundantly clear. In fact, as you listen and as you look at each verse and, and what it's trying to say, it, it seems to swap back and forth a little bit between the voice of Jeremiah and the voice of God. And, and the duality of the message actually adds a little bit to its impact. That, that many of the words could be from Jeremiah speaking to the people of Israel, but could also be from God speaking not only to Israel, but also to us. Is it human talking? Is it God talking? Is it human speaking for God? Is it God speaking through human? And yet all saying the same thing, the same powerful direct message to us. As, as we look at the themes that, that are present in the book of Jeremiah, one of the nicknames given to this prophet is the weeping prophet. Maybe you've heard that before. Jeremiah has been called the weeping prophet. And as you begin to understand the story and the narrative behind what's going on, that, that he serves Judah, he serves the southern kingdom, which houses Jerusalem, and yet the message from God is very clear the destruction is coming. The status of, of weeping prophet begins to take life and begins to make sense. The state of Judah and the, and the pending doom and destruction for its cities and for its people. <laughs> he, he's struggling with that. He's struggling with that as he opens this passage. Only grief. My heart is broken. And for Jeremiah, the, the case is, is, is clear. Jeremiah has received this message that Judah and Jerusalem have turned away from God and turned toward their own leading, started worshiping other foreign gods. And there was destruction to come. And in classic human form, the people of Israel start to speak up, right? We have a quotation from the people of God that happens in, in, chapter, or in verse 19. Isn't the Lord in Zion? Where in the world is God? What, what's happened? Has God abandoned us? What's going on? You know, face in our hands, moaning and growing, groaning. What has God done to us? That in the moment when, when Jeremiah has has called out the people of Israel and said, we've walked our own way. We've stepped away from God. And when we move in our own direction and when we move away from God and then arrive in that place, the Israelites are like, oh God, where are you? 
Where have you gone? Luckily, we don't do that today. Grateful and a bit facetious. But then when we move away from God and find ourselves in a, in a mess and, and in the midst of trouble, a lot of times our first reaction is to say, God, God, where did you go? Remember all your promises. We do this. We, we get to that point where we say, this is tough and, and I'm in pain. Life is hard. Stuff is messed up. Things aren't going our way. We sometimes ask the question, God, where did you go? Why have you left me this way? And not even always at God, right? Sometimes, sometimes it's easier to pin the blame elsewhere. Put the blame on someone else. Put the blame on another party. Maybe that guy over there. Maybe the weather. I don't know. Life, life is hard. So who can I, <laughs> who can I blame? We do that because the expectations that we had just were not met. Things were, were supposed to happen and they didn't. Life was supposed to improve and it, and it just spiraled down. Have you ever had that moment? And for me, I experienced it several times as a kid. I, I would just get really fixated on, on maybe getting that one toy that I saw on that commercial, right? Or, or having that one experience, getting to that one spot in life. If I could just get there, oh, life would be so amazing. Only to arrive there and realize, huh, Huh. There's not much difference. You hear it in the second quotation. Verse 20 says this, The harvest is past, the summer has ended, yet we are not saved. We arrived to the point that we thought that life was going to get better. And yet here we find ourselves in that same place. We're still a mess. We were supposed to be better by now. The harvest was supposed to come in. Our needs were supposed to be met. God, you were going to come through. I had it all planned out. It was on my spreadsheet. You were going to arrive, and, and life was going to be better. And it wasn't. It's in this same vein that the prophet writes about a place known as, as Gilead. Now, I, I wasn't familiar, really. I'd heard the term, the balm of Gilead, and, and yet wasn't really familiar. Stephen Reed writes this. The prophet asks whether there's, there's a balm in Gilead, Gilead being a place known for the tree that made a soothing ointment, a balm, something that, that was used to soothe and to bring healing. It was supposed to be there. It was supposed to make a difference that at the end of the summer and once the harvest had come in and once we had reached this spot, whatever spot had been determined, they knew life would be better. And the reality was that it simply wasn't. Salvation hadn't come. The rescue wasn't there in that moment. And the prophet, the weeping prophet Jeremiah, and God, and again, we have trouble sorting out the different voices. 
comes to this amazing spot. When we consider it from the voice of God, is quite remarkable. It says, God shares the pain of the people. And it's really important what God says, and it's really important what God doesn't say, but God says, because my people are crushed, I myself am crushed. That God experiences that with us, walks through that with us. That, that's what is said. What's not said, and this is important too, says, oh, but everything's going to be all right. Things will work out in the end. If it's not worked out, it's not the end. We'll turn lemons into lemonade. It's okay. No, Jeremiah says, I know and I feel the pain of God's people in this moment. The devastation they feel. And God participates in that. Feeling with him and feeling with them their anguish their demise, and their hopelessness walking through those moments with Israel. Sometimes in my mind, I think, wouldn't it be cool to have a God who kind of sweeps in and fixes it all, you know, the, the superhero God that just comes and ties it all up with a pretty ribbon and puts a bow on top and fixes the situation. But we have come to know in this life, that's not always how it ends. That's not how it always ends. And sometimes in our, in, in our inability to know what to say, inability to know how to respond, when, when someone is going through the worst moments of our lives, sometimes we imply that. Trying to be faithful to God, trying to be, be a person of hope and grace and faith. But that's not always the story. And for those who have watched the dream fade away, and for those whose hearts and lives have been broken into, this passage can mean so much. Because the presence of God is all that's offered. That we don't fix the problem. That Israel doesn't say, well, things are going to be better tomorrow. There's no easy answers at the end of this passage. For this is truly lament. Lament for the nation of Israel. Lament for their brokenness and their lack of healing. Lament that in this current context, there will be no restoration. That life can't go back to normal. And as we sit and as we mourn and cry out to God in those moments, it's then that we begin to realize once again that the voice of the prophet is also the voice of God. In our pain, in our brokenness, in the darkness through which we wander, God stands beside us and weeps along with us and says, my child, I'm with you. The circumstances are not going to change but I'm with you always 
for I am crushed along with my people. I am broken along with my children. Our God aches and labors in pain alongside of us, not leaving us on our own. I'm going to ask the praise team today to come forward as we, we close our service out. But before we do, before we do that, before we get to our final song, our, our, our Wednesday nights this fall have been um, going kind of phrase by phrase through the Lord's Prayer. We're working through a book um, called uh, Praying with Jesus. And this, this last week we covered the phrases, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Sometimes when we pray that prayer, sometimes I'm going to say me, sometimes when I pray that prayer, what I'm saying is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, but this is really what I want your will to be, and it would be really cool if if this happened and we went this way and, and... Thy kingdom come. They will be done. I was challenged this week as I reflected on our conversation on Wednesday night. This is Jesus' interactions to us, to me, on how we pray. This is how Jesus instructed me to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. But that when we pray for the kingdom to come and that when we pray for God's will to be done, we pray that the will of God be accomplished in us. that he would change us, that he would shape us to his will, that his kingdom would come here, not that he fixes everything around us. That's not the promise that we get from God. Jeremiah reminds us of that today. Jeremiah reminds us that sometimes the circumstances fall apart. Sometimes Babylon is coming. Sometimes we walked so far away from where God is that that is inevitable. And yet we can still stand and say those words, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me. May it be true. It's not a miracle cure. It doesn't fix all the circumstances. What it does do is shape and form you and me into the will of God. That's a dangerous prayer. That's a dangerous prayer. And yet the true spirit of what I believe Jesus invited us to pray together in the Lord's Prayer. Do your will despite Babylon coming, despite Jerusalem falling. Do your will in me. And I thought together before we sing, it would be a beautiful thing for the people of God to recite together the Lord's Prayer. So I'm going to invite you, those who are willing and able, to please stand. We're going to recite the prayer. It's going to show up on the screen behind me, and then we'll sing together. Would you pray this prayer as instructed by Jesus with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God, we lift these words up to you. May they not be rote. May they not be casual. May they not just be read on a screen, but may they be prayed from our hearts. Your kingdom come and your will be done. We pray in Christ's name. come to God. He's everything. He's what we need. Sometimes there aren't easy answers. Sometimes you live through the place where your lives are crushed. And the hope we find in scripture today is that God is literally crushed with us, feeling our pain and despair, not leaving us alone, not abandoning us walking with us. And our faithful response is to, in the joy and the sorrow, pray as Christ has taught us, your will be done. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, here in my life, just as it will be when I share eternity with you. That's my prayer for us this week. Would, would you extend your hands today as I, I leave you with a benediction, just as a, a reminder that, that we receive this benediction today. Lord, set us free from the expectation of, of everything being all right. You never promised us that, but help us live and lean into your promise to walk with us and beside us each day and help us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me and in us. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.